Welcome to Hawkins, Indiana. A wonderful place to grow up, to raise your family, to walk your dog. But then, on July 4th, everything changed. Welcome back to Series Regular, the Hollywood Reporter's all-in podcast about genre television. I'm Josh Wiggler, your host here on Series Regular, and this week, we're all the way upside down and through the other side of Stranger Things 3. The Netflix drama bowed all eight episodes of its third season on July 4th, and if you haven't watched it all by now, do yourself a favor, turn off this podcast. If you have watched it all, buckle up and get ready to hit the road. Although, then again... Roads? Well, we're going, we don't need roads. Man, who would have thought Stranger Things could get so much mileage out of that weird time travel movie with Alex P. Keaton? And that's far from Stranger Things 3's strangest movie call-out, too. But we really don't need to revisit that moment right now, do we? Okay, maybe we do. I want to hear it. Not right now. Yes, now, Dusty Bun. Susie Poo, this is urgent. Yes, yes, you're saving the world. I heard you the first time, but Ged is also saving Earthsea, and he's about to confront the shadows, so this is Susie signing off. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay, okay. Shit. Turn around. Look at what you see in her face. The mirror of your dreams. Make believe I'm everywhere. Give it in the light. Written on the pages is the answer to a never ending story. Right, you get the picture, and now maybe you understand why we had the song that never ends playing on last week's podcast. Sorry about that, but had to tease this somehow. And we're starting you off soft on the spoilers this week, in case you weren't able to turn the podcast off quickly enough. But one might argue that we just dropped the biggest spoiler of Stranger Things 3 on you. A big, fat music number in the middle of the season finale, sung by Gaten Matarazzo and newcomer Gabriella Pizzolo a.k.a. Dusty Buns and Susie Poo, literally star-crossed lovers who helped save the world by belting out Lamal's power ballad theme song to 1984's The Never-Ending Story. Nothing that I just said makes any kind of sense, and yet it's all true. It's a very surreal and very fun moment that owes all thanks to both actors' as Broadway backgrounds. Matarazzo is a veteran of Les Miserables, and Pizzolo played the title role in Matilda on Broadway. Turn around, look at what you see in her face. The mirror of your dreams, rhymes that keep their secrets. Will unfold behind the clouds. Wait, do we get that first right? It's unfold behind the clouds? Yeah. 
but you're butchering it, so could you please stop? What's more, fellow cast members Caleb McLaughlin and Sadie Sink both have musical theater roots as well, having starred in The Lion King and Annie, respectively. It's no wonder they both get to take a crack at Falcor and Atreyu's favorite music jam. Well, their second favorite music jam, anyway. Of course, Stranger Things 3 isn't always as happy as a Falcor joyride through Fantasia. The new season ends with some serious status quo shifts for Hawkins, Indiana's finest defenders against the Upside Down, including the fact that many of Hawkins, Indiana's finest defenders against the Upside Down aren't exactly in Hawkins, Indiana anymore. Season 3 deals with the return of the Mind Flayer, the most powerful creature from the Shadow Dimension as far as we know, more powerful here than ever before thanks to a legion of human hosts known as the Flayed. Among the most prominent members of the Mind Flayer's army, Billy Hargrove, played by Dacre Montgomery, the proud owner of some of season three's most terrifying and disturbing moments, such as this one from episode six. Don't you see? All this time, we've been building it. We've been building it for you. Flayer aren't successful in their shared goal of destroying everything and everyone. In fact, it's Billy who doesn't survive the season, as well as the Mind Flayer. At least, the version of the Mind Flayer that's stuck in Hawkins. It's destroyed thanks in no small part to the work of Chief Jim Hopper and Joyce Byers, both of whom end the season ready and willing to take their friendship to a new level. Just for clarification, just because I, I mean, just if, when you say date, just so that we're crystal clear about things. So yeah, Hop. Confu- yeah. Stop talking or I can change my mind. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. There's just one small problem. Killing the Mind Flayer apparently means killing Hopper as well. No. Nope. Yeah, don't worry, Jim. We don't believe it either. But it's what the show wants us to believe. Season 3 ends with Hopper at the very least MIA, but believed by his loved ones to be KIA. With Hopper gone, there's no one left to look after Eleven than Joyce herself. But Joyce and her family are moving away from Hawkins, finally fed up of all the supernatural shenanigans, and aiming for a fresh start somewhere else. The season concludes with Eleven, who no longer has her superpowers thanks to an injury she suffered at the Maw of the Mind Flayer, leaving Hawkins behind for now, if not quite for good. And both she and we in the audience are left with some very emotional final words from Hopper, conveyed to us from beyond the alleged grave. Let's replay them in full here. Try not to cry if you can avoid it. Something I've been wanting to talk to you both about. I know this is a difficult conversation, 
but I care about you both very much. And I know that you care about each other very much, and that's why it's important that we set these boundaries moving forward so we can build an environment where we all feel comfortable, trusted, and open to sharing our feelings. even more. I've been stuck in one place, in a cave, you might say, a deep, dark cave. And then I left some egos out in the woods, and you came into my life. And for the first time in a long time, I started to feel things again. I started to feel happy. Lately, I guess I've been feeling distant from you. Like you're, you're pulling away from me or something. I miss playing board games every night. Making triple-decker ego extravaganzas at sunrise, watching westerns together before we doze off. But I know you're getting older, growing changing and I guess if I'm being really honest that's what scares me I don't want things to change and so I think maybe that's why I came in here to try to maybe stop that change to turn back the clock to make things go back to how they were. But I know that's naive. It's just not how life works. It's moving, always moving, whether you like it or not. And yeah, sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's sad. And sometimes, it's surprising. Happy. So you know what? Keep on growing up, kid. Don't let me stop you. Make mistakes. Learn from them. And when life hurts you, because it will, remember the hurt. The hurt is good. It means you're out of that cave. Please, if you don't mind, for the sake of your poor old dad, keep the door open three inches. <laughs> Hopper's speech isn't actually the final note of the Seven, even though it's pretty close to it. 
In a post-credit scene, we're suddenly thrust into a Russian facility, one that not only contains a full-grown Demogorgon, God, that's fun to say, Demogorgon, and it's back, and it's gonna be so fun to say it's season four. I'm sorry, I digress. It's not only the home of a full-grown Demogorgon, but also a bunch of prisoners, including one that the facility's guards refer to mysteriously as, quote-unquote, the American. Hopper, anybody? It feels extremely likely that that's him and that he's stuck in Russia, somehow having survived his fiery fate, only to wind up in the bitter cold middle of nowhere. In interviews, both David Harbour as well as the Duffer brothers have been very cagey about Hopper's fate and the identity of the American, clearly wanting us to wonder if Hopper and this prisoner are one and the same person. For me, it's obviously the likeliest scenario, but my hope is that we're being thrown for an intentional loop and that the actual American is someone we've met but someone we haven't seen on Stranger Things in a very long time. Today is a very special day. Do you know why? Because today we make history. Dr. Martin Brenner, played by Matthew Modine, the human boogeyman responsible for Eleven's powers. Stranger Things has been very reserved in dipping us back into the Dr. Brenner pool with the man apparently dying at the end of season one, even if a certain infamous episode in season two offered a different perspective. Wait, wait, wait. I can help. I can help you find him. Find who? Brenner! I can take you to him. Papa is gone. No, he is alive. Do not lie to us, Ray. I'm not... He trusts me. I'll take you to him. With Billy dead, Stranger Things is in need of a new human face of evil. And while it leaves an opening for a brand new character, there's no better pick in my mind than someone already on the board. Dr. Brenner, the big bad of Hawkins Lab, gone from the past two seasons, some hallucinations notwithstanding. Season 3 showed how the Mind Flayer can control human hosts, but these hosts still have some shades of their old selves within them, which is why Billy, after realizing the eventual errors of his violent ways, is able to stand up to and die against the Mind Flayer in the end. But Dr. Brenner doesn't exactly strike me as anyone who's going to feel bad about his past, making him a very good and very dangerous candidate for future flaying, especially if he's currently dwelling in a Russian prison cell, making him a global presence. Even if he's not the imprisoned American, here's a full-hearted vote for a flayed Brenner comeback at some point in season four. The show has more than earned the character's return. All this time, and you haven't looked for me. It's much likelier that Hopper is the American, of course, because how else is he still alive? Well, there are a couple of possibilities, one of which is a little bit weird and involves some words you've already heard on this episode of the podcast. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Yeah, I hear you out there. Time travel? Really? Listen, it's not the likeliest bet, not by a long shot, but consider the fact that Back to the Future ends up front and center in season three of Stranger Things, when a drugged-out Steve Harrington and Robin watch the movie and do their very best attempt at breaking down what it all means. So, like, I wasn't totally focused in there or anything, but... I'm pretty sure that mom was trying to bang her son. Wait, wait, the hot chick was Alex Pekin's mom? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But they're the same age. Nope, but he went back in time. <laughs> then why is it called Back to the Future? He has to go back to the future because he's in the past. So the future is actually the present, which is his time. Wh what? That might be nothing more than a funny moment but it would play nicely with some theories that the Upside Down is more than just another dimension. It's actually our world, albeit in the future. And it would play well with one of Hopper's final words to Eleven. I don't want things to change. So I think maybe that's why I came in here, to try to maybe stop that change. To turn back the clock. Is Hopper stuck in a different timeline? Could Stranger Things go all in on Back to the Future in the fourth season? If so, the party's going to need to find themselves a DeLorean, and quick. This is a police emergency, all right? I need to commandeer your vehicle. A better bet is that the explosion at the lab beneath the Starcourt Mall knocked Hopper into the Upside Down, where he's either still kicking around or was kicking around long enough to be discovered by the Russians. As for how Hopper could survive an extended stay in the Upside Down, Think back to this moment from season two. All right, cowboy, good news. We're giving you the green light. How are you feeling? Never better. In season two, Hopper spends a significant amount of time underground in a network of tunnels plagued by remnants of the Upside Down. He breathes in a whole bunch of spores and comes into contact with all kinds of nasty stuff. And one wonders if there are any lingering side effects, the all clear from Paul Reiser's Dr. Owens notwithstanding. Season three didn't have to put any of those theories to the test, but maybe Hopper's last brush with the Upside Down has made him immune to any potentially hazardous side effects. Honestly, though, who knows? The big thing is this. Hopper's alive. He's definitely not dead. We never saw him die, for one thing. It didn't look great, but we didn't see a body. And frankly, even if we had seen a body, it wouldn't be the first time someone's cheated death on Stranger Things under similar circumstances. Not I went to the morgue last night, Joyce. What? It wasn't him. Will's body was a fake. Will's body is alive and well right now, though it's not in Hawkins. Will, Jonathan, Joyce, and Eleven are all far away from home by the end of season three, while Mike, Lucas, Dustin, Max, and Nancy are still hanging out in their hometown. That leaves us with two potentially separate and distinct locations for season four, and quite likely a third location much further away in Russia. Whatever the future holds for Stranger Things, then, it's going to be radically different than what we've seen over the first three seasons, just by necessity of where things have left off. The Duffer brothers have been relatively low-key on their season four plans, but in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, they described their hopes to expand the series, not necessarily in terms of scale, in terms of special effects, but in terms of allowing plot lines into areas outside of Hawkins. Those are their words. They say that the Americans' identity in Russia, as well as what the Russians are doing with the Demogorgon, are, quote, obviously going to play a huge role in a potential season four, end quote. What exactly are the Russians doing with the Demogorgon anyway, other than giving me an excuse to say Demogorgon again repeatedly? I think it's a good bet that they're planning to weaponize the Demogorgons. And for the sake of our favorites in and outside of Hawkins, let's just hope that the Duffers aren't looking at Red Dawn as their muse for season four. Boys! Avenge me! 
shoot me! That's all the tinfoil I can wrap around my head for this week's podcast, but we're far from finished with Stranger Things here on Series Regular. In our next edition of the podcast, I'm going to be speaking with your friend in mind, THR's Dan Feinberg, all about his takes on the season, with tons of spoilers and theorizing and other assorted forms of tomfoolery sure to follow. Make sure you're subscribed to Series Regular so you don't miss the episode and everything else that we have coming up. And speaking of what's coming up, you can help us decide that. Your feedback and show suggestions are more than welcomed. In fact, they are encouraged. And you can send all of that over to us at our email address, seriesregular at thr.com. We'll be back with another episode of the podcast very soon. But until then, how about a high-flying earworm to tide you over? <laughs>